Sad boy. Oh, 2018. Yo, Jordan, you mind if I go in first on this yeah, one? Hit him. Yeah, yeah. Sad boys like to talk about our feelings, uh-huh. and we have a mission for you if the listener is willing. What? With your help, we can reach the ceiling. We can reach the high moon by noon with your review on iTunes. Fly like balloons and make it into outer space. Yeah. But there's a certain set of stars you have to set in place. What? My homeboys cut into the chase. How can he come on, Jordan? Just go ahead and tell yeah. him how many. Oh, five stars will be the number that you uh, should th- do to get th- the review. And here it do. You said you could do this. I want to. I'm trying my best. I, I mean, I spent a couple of weeks reading these lyrics. Are they not good? You don't like it so far? Um, but one more. Give me one more. Let me do it again. Just one more? For 2018. Give me one right, more chance. Fine, you got one more. You got one more chance. Right. Just don't fuck it up this Here time. it comes. I got a good one. I got some bars. All right. I got bars. I got all right. fire. Here, it's all you. It's all one, you. One, two, three, four, five bars. Lose yourself in the moment. That's, the mo- that's Lose Yourself by Eminem. It's close. It is very close, and I can see why you'd think it was Lose Yourself it's by Eminem. It's exactly the song. So far, yes. And for most, yeah, it is just. It is just lose yourself by Eminem. Welcome to the Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things. Also, I'm Jarvis, and I'm 2018. Yes, that's correct. We're joined <laughs> with a guest today. It was very hard to book you. It took us roughly almost a year. Almost a year. Honestly, it, 365 days. It took us 365 days to book our our guest today. We are joined by the year 2018. Hi, I'm the year 2018, and I have some crazy shit. <laughs> it's gonna blow wait, your mind. Could you tell us any of I that? I honestly can't. You, oh ooh, wait. Oh no. Is it like you a- specifically, Jarvis? <laughs> You're not gonna like it. No. <laughs> wait, what? I've, okay. been a, I've been a good boy. <laughs> I, honestly, if karma was real, you would be living a perfect life. Unfortunately, it isn't, and oh, a lot of the things that could happen to you. That's unfortunate. Ooh, I don't want to get into too much detail. Um, I've got a dash anyway. Um, oh. 2018. I've got to let Jordan do the show instead because we only have two microphones right oh, now. Uh, so you've you've got to go. Yeah, I've got a dash. Uh, it's been really nice being here. I'll no, be around it took for a us while. So long to. Mm-hmm. Yep, not important to me. I oh, have to go right, and set up a bunch of pretty abhorrent things that are gap- going to happen to you and your friends All right, yeah, over I the next 365 days. We do only have two mics, so. Do you... <laughs> you think politics is bad right now? I <laughs> don't want to get into it. I but uh, No, come on. Satan would like to have a little go to this whole American politics thing, so we're going to work on that together. Oh, my God. Uh, and Jarvis, you are going to die. No. But don't worry... It is painfully, oh so <laughs> that's covered. I but I okay. Got to go anyway. Catch you later, mate. But oh, man, okay. Who was that? Yeah, hey Jordan. Hey man, sorry, I'm 2019. I'm just kidding. It was Jordan. It was, <laughs> it was Jordan. It this was whole me time. the whole time. God damn. Hi everybody, I'm Jordan Cope. Oh my gosh, Jordan and I today are going to be talking about the new year. 2018, and specifically our 2018 predictions. Yeah, I think if there's one thing we're known for, <laughs> it's being uh, kind of like cultural overseers. We're we the Nostradamus of podcasts. <laughs> Plural. <Yeah. laughs> the Nostradamus. Yeah, watch the like watch the 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 conjugation, my man. Is that a school of Nostradamus <laughs> swimming through the <laughs> yeah. ocean? Yeah, it sounds like something the Lonely Island would make a song of that. <laughs> Nostradamus. Yeah, incredibly niche and for nobody, and gets a billion views. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> how could this be? How do they do it? Can we take a, a hot second yes. and talk about how important the Lonely Island was to both of us, I assume? Oh, so important. We've actually never talked about it, which is weird. I don't I, think we've yeah. talked about the Lonely Island. Yeah, no, I, the Lonely Island are, are pretty instrumental in formulating a lot of my comedic sensibilities. Anybody unfamiliar? Uh, they are, you're probably familiar with Andy Sandberg. Yes. sort of the front man of this rap trio, this comedy rap trio. Yes. So, originally formed from, from SNL. Well, yeah. So Folks. actually, the the Lonely Island are a group of three people: um, Akiva Schaffer, Yorma Taconi, and Andy Samberg. They were just childhood friends in Berkeley, California. So very near to Whoa. us. Yeah, and they, I can smell them. Yeah, and they uh, made videos on the internet pre YouTube back in 2004, 2005 on the LonelyIsland.com, and like bizarrely well made videos. They're, well, they're very well made, the and I it's it's like hard to tell what their influences are because internet sketch was it in its infancy yeah but they were clearly like a bleeding edge of that but they are like the jrr tolkien of comedy rap and comedy music on the internet yeah so essentially the story goes that the story goes that they did a pilot with fox called awesome town yes and it didn't really go anywhere uh but it was like a sketch comedy pilot um very similar in format to key and peel actually and then uh, that didn't go andy sandberg auditioned for snl i think they all auditioned for snl um and akiba and Yorma joined as writers and Andy as a featured player on SNL. So then they just became the Lonely Island as we know them and were responsible for uh, from 2006 on like some of the big, or they were, their second sketch was Lazy Sunday. Yeah. One of the Which, like, iconic uh, SNL huge. sketches they, that really set the tone for digital shorts on SNL from like 2005 onward. And then they just kept knocking it out of the park with Dick in a Box jizz in my pants uh just like one after one oh i'm on a boat classically i'm, I'm on a boat which was their first major feature got t-pain on that bad boy well so they had justin timberlake on dick in a box who <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> arguably a much bigger celebrity i don't know what you mean now let me get back to t-pain <laughs> yeah, and his four songs <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no like they made a name for themselves in parody because their parody music was as well produced as you know stuff that was <laughs> yeah. on the radio yeah i should mention i think an inspiration for us both not only as comedians yes but also as musicians like my music tastes are heavily uh, influenced oh, by the I first two all lonely of their albums. albums yeah yeah literally like the production is like as its own joke incredibly high quality it's like this fun meta joke that hey we made this goofy comedy album and it sounds as good as any contemporary pop music yeah and i think it also speaks to our addiction to production quality that like we want to I think that they just like set such a great standard for production quality yeah and it speaks to why we are both so lonely it's true and why I am currently on an island also known <laughs> as your bed you are on my bed so we switched up a little bit um, dedicated listeners will know that the normal format is me uh, reclined on my bed. We record in my home. I try not to, but Jarvis b- b- punches down the yeah, door every day with the Jordan recording. Yeah, sitting on his throne of a bed and Jarvis in a corner of a closet somewhere. Yeah. Uh, optimistically just, optimistically just within earshot if you're lucky i let you sit in the closet most of the time you're sat on the floor next to my bed uh with diva my cat rubbing up against you and distracting you it's true uh diva jordan's cat is very aggressive yeah so diva has employed an interesting petting strategy in most cases when you pet a cat it's kind of up to you like you put your arm out you stroke the cat and the cat right. appreciates it to diva you are simply an implement <laughs> A tool of petting. And yeah. she will pet herself against you. That's true. Like, Diva lunged into me 
in order to pet herself. Yeah, she's she's really strong. Yeah, <laughs> she can I kind of knock you back a she bit. She was able to lift me <laughs> with her front two paws. <laughs> she bench pressed me four she times. Bench pressed me. Yeah. So Jordan, it's 2018. Sure is. And we actually celebrated New Year's together. You know, we celebrated Christmas and New Year's in a way together. Yeah, in a literal way. Yeah. <laughs> that we literally did way, do that, yes. In a way, by which I mean, we when you earnestly spend that time with <laughs> If you other, think about it. If you in think, a way, like, really when we deeply, spent New Year's together, we did in some senses spend it in a group like in, in some small way when we were together when the clock struck midnight for christmas and then <laughs> parted ways and then met up again on christmas day to see star wars <laughs> yeah and then uh again for new year's uh much in the same way you might say that we spent those holidays together you would i wouldn't but you would again yeah lonely. i would Mostly because I, uh, my life is defined by trying my best to build relationships with people and them just pushing me away. Yeah, most specifically me. It's actually your it, life is defined by trying to get my approval and me not giving it to you. Exclusively yeah. you. No, it's a burden. Same yeah. for me. I'm, I'm constantly trying to get my own approval. <laughs> so we fail. we talked on the last episode about how the new year is a great palate cleanser. It's a great you know clean wipe to get us thinking about like a fresh start. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Jordan. <gasps> It's we've completed one week of uh, of, of twenty eighteen. What is your? We've hundred percented this one week of twenty eighteen. We've completed one week of twenty eighteen, and what I want to hear from you is what is your mental state in this new year? Hmm. Uh, to be totally honest, and and I find this a little bit hard to divorce from the general excitement of a new year. Right. So take it with a grain, nay, a big rock of salt. Got it. Rock salt. <laughs> a big rock of rock salt. Um. I feel great. I I mean, on the last episode, as you know, I I was not in like the healthiest spot. Yes. Mental health wise. And and, and we talked a little bit about that. And I apologize to the audience for compromising the show as a result. But not only was that episode just a total blast and and turned uh, my frown upside down. Uh, it was very painful. <laughs> that was mostly my doing. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, grabbed I, me I, by the face. <laughs> I grabbed you by the face and twisted your head around with yeah. with some help from Diva. You didn't so much turn my frown upside down as my head, yeah. I <laughs> which didn't so looked much a turn bit your like a frown smile. upside down as I did rip your face off of your skull. <laughs> yeah, which in turn made me frown harder. Uh, but I felt, yeah, I felt really positive for the last week or so. I was a little uh, sick earlier in the week. Um, but that all sort of plateaued into <gasps> suddenly it's it's Wednesday morning. I have all my energy back, and I'm not sick anymore. And I'm in the office, and I'm doing stuff, and that felt nice. That's uh, nice. I think if if you're anything like me, I appreciate the value of a vacation, right? And I know why it's good for me. Yes, and I appreciate maybe the first five days, right? Then TikTok cabin fever's here. Hi, yeah, yeah. here to stay. Absolutely. And yeah. then, and I've just been like that for like a week and a half over the Christmas period. So it was nice to be proactive and. Uh, Feeling pretty pretty positive. When I get myself goals in a structure, I don't feel a cabin fever as much. But sometimes I feel like I need to do nothing. In a few days of doing nothing, mm. and I'm like, why would anyone ever do nothing? <laughs> this is the worst thing in the world. What about stuff? <laughs> I feel so lucky that I can even have a life that allows me to oscillate between oh, doing yeah. nothing and well, doing something. It's stupid privilege. Huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. It's, it's, it's amazing. But I tell you one thing that actually made me very happy. Yeah? When I was feeling a little cabin feverish. Yeah. Those messages that we received from the Sad Boys gang, yeah. fam. Yeah, that's uh, true. Still haven't really aligned on what the name is. That's still the, open to yeah, debate. Yeah, no one said anything about the uh, the Sad Fam. That That's not true. 
Oh, is that not true? Uh, young Neil McCarthy. Neil, oh. thank you for listening. Uh, Neil. Young Neil threw out a, a bunch of interesting recommendations. Um, but uh, for now, I'm going to stick with Sad Family because it's already established in the law. <laughs> yeah. Check the Sad Boys wiki. It's, it's in there. Um, but, like, we got uh, the most, by a pretty significant margin, the most, like, replies. Yeah, we got a uh, lot of responses. Most messages and engagement after an episode ever. Yeah, it, it, was, was, it was cool to see people uh, react to some of the, the shout-outs that we left yeah. with them on the show, which I also need to say, uh, Christian, what's up, man? Young Christian. How you doing? And if I may give a bonus shout-out, yeah? it's got to be Sarah Lamb. Yes! You know it's Sarah Lamb. Oh, my God, Sarah. Sarah. Lamb, uh, I have no qualms about saying this, even to the rest of the fam that I love. Yes. By far the most engaged uh, Sabbaths yeah. fan. Yeah, Like message every episode i i i am learning so much in in and now for full context like sarah is someone that you know from school my former roommate at college yes yes and and it's like we've never met in person but i feel like i'm getting to learn so much about and yet you've connected more than we ever did yeah <laughs> the love I she mean, has for yeah. you on the podcast she doesn't really like we're actually me. starting a podcast <laughs> sadder boys <laughs> It's uh, it's me and 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 a British person from Stroud, Gloucestershire. <laughs> too sad, too for <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. What if I was doing both? <laughs> I think it's weird. I don't know. This one and with you, Sarah Lamb is doing much you better. You didn't tell me. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting tons of traction. It's a little awkward. I keep getting like accidental tweets to the Sabbath. I'm on like, like the Tonight amazing. Show. <laughs> they have me on the Tonight Show to do five minutes of podcasting. <laughs> God, is it five minutes of podcasting? Zero editing. Wow, uncompelling. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> How incredible. I just cannot believe the real connection that these, this this American boy and this uh, this British woman from Stroud, <laughs> it's just incredible. Sarah Lamb's going to beat me up if I don't clarify that she's not from Stroud. She's from Swindon. Sorry, oh, Sarah. Oh, yeah, she is from Swindon. I, you know that? You know why I know that? Uh, because uh, I John, follow her. <laughs> John Green is obsessed with, uh, well, he's obsessed with football or, or soccer. And Is he part of the Swindon Massive? No, he's not. Uh, he's, he's a fan of AFC Wimbledon, but like... Uh, I think when he played a like simulator or he played some game, he, like he played football, some FIFA game. Football manager? FIFA? He played like f- football manager or FIFA or something. And he had a team name that was like the Swindon Town Swoodly Poopers. Dude, that's it. That's the exact name. <laughs> it's the Swindon Town Swoodly Boobly Doopers. Uh, each one of their players is a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, 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 I do apologize because I remember seeing Swindon in her Facebook. So now I'm, now I'm a little sad. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Finally, we're sad boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm an actual sad boy in this moment. That is criticism we received, I think, after like episode one and two. People like we well we done a bad job of contextualizing what the show was. People were like, "You don't seem very sad." <laughs> they took it completely literally. Like I don't. It's like I. I, I for one, you misspelled voice. <laughs> How embarrassing! How embarrassing! I can't believe you don't have the self awareness. <laughs> Second, you don't seem sad at all. Thumbs down, minus one star. Yeah, I came here to listen because I'm very into Schadenfreude, and I just want to hear boys cry. <laughs> I've heard when doves cry and I'm ready for boys. I'm ready for boys to cry. And for one, I'm also an English major. The fact that you put a Z at the end of that word upsets me. So yeah, big thank you to all the sad boys, fam, gang, lovers, intimate partners, whatever we're calling them. I kind of like sad boys, intimate partners. The The significant others. The sad boys, significant others. That's pretty good. I kind of like that. Also, significant others is a good name for a podcast and a band. Okay. Uh, People listening, go create art. (laughs) Yeah, go, go, go. Go do the art we don't have time for. There are like 100 people who had been waiting for a name. (laughs) 
all they, yeah. they had all the ideas and they just needed a name. Is there a repository for band names? I feel like that's like oh, a waste absolutely. Of resources. I think there's like a random band name generator. A good uh, a good friend of mine uh, that we've referenced on the podcast before and is listening right now. Hello, Tyler May. Oh, hey, Tyler May. Uh, young Tyler May. His podcast is Mr. Feels. Go check it out. Check it out. It's a podcast about mental health. And it's an excellent podcast about mental Super health. Super good. Um, and it's also got Laura Benson. It does have young Laura Benson, everybody's favorite, Everybody's good friend favorite. of ours. Uh, but Tyler May has, at this point, and he's probably going to get mad at me because I'm going to undersell the number, but I think he has like a list on his phone of 700 band names. Oh, yeah. Something close to that. He does do that. We'll, we'll have to, we're going to do an episode with Tyler at some point in the future. And, uh, now that he has this peer pressure that we need to get from the listeners, yes. tell us some of them on the podcast, Tyler. Talk yeah. about those, those names, because some also, of them are absolute gold. If you don't mind, I'm going to give the listeners homework. Oh, what's a bad band name? A bad band name? You want, you want like an objectively not good band name? Uh, sorry. I mean, you just give me any band name that you think is an earnestly good name for a band. Here's what? the reason why. Oh, go ahead. Travis is saying that because he knows anything you said will be terrible. <laughs> no, but what I mean is that like, if, if you earnestly think it's good, it's actually hard to put yourself out there. Yeah, if you... Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? The more sad boys' homework would be to send the one that you really genuinely yeah, yeah, connect yeah, yeah, with. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, like, oh, uh, uh, like Significant Other, I think, is a good name for a band. That's but good. someone else might think it's, like, really cheesy, right? And I am putting myself out there by saying, co-signing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a pretty great name for an album. I mean... When Jarvis Johnson inevitably drops his pure fire mixtape... You know I'm actually going to do that at some point 100%. And it's going to be called Significant Other, and you heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like this is not my year of music, Jordan. Uh, maybe that's 2019, and I'm trying to find 2019. He I really don't want him to come back. Somewhere. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a cruel he man. He said something about my rebirth. <laughs> he was bluffing. Um, but we are currently in 2018. Well, that's a perfect segue, because today we're going to talk a little bit about what your 2018 is going to be. Yes. But before we do that, young Jarvis, how the hell are you doing? Uh, I How's think your I'm, health? How's your brain? I think I'm doing good. Um, I've been having some like peaks and valleys lately, mostly uh, just related to like how I see myself in the world and feeling very like undeserving of the things that I want and strive for. Like, cause I, 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 I feel like in 2018, I'm like hitting the ground running on a lot of the things that I like want to achieve. I'm going like headfirst into YouTube. I'm going headfirst into like work and I am starting to get that like imposter feeling mm. where I'm like putting myself out there and the response I'm getting is, you know, pretty good and like by all accounts, objectively good and great, but I'm able to see the negative in it mm. and I'm like, oh, am I, am I overloading my friends with stuff? Do they think all I want to do is like promote my internet content? Or all I want to talk about is work on social media. Like, do you feel like there's? Sorry to interrupt. Only because yeah, yeah. we. I mean, we've talked about this in the past from from both perspectives. I've shared the same thing with you. Certain insecurities around, like wanting to, uh, uh, in some cases, promote like sad boys, or in some cases, just like utilize friendships. As a, you know, as a thing that's always a little concerning to both of us. Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious. Is the is there a catalyst for that? Or does that just cut, it ebb and flows randomly? I think... Because um, you don't always feel like that, am I right? I don't always feel like that. I think what happens is um, I'll be putting something out that I really believe in. And then just due to the like internet gods, maybe organically, it doesn't like pop off instantly. And then I feel like I need to do whatever I can to make sure that the eyes that I feel like should get on the thing, get on the thing. Mm. And that involves me putting myself out there and having like a lot of uncomfortable conversations like 
oh, if I like post this on Reddit, like, would you upvote it? Or like, are you comfortable sharing this? Or, you know, and that puts me in a place that I don't like to be in. I would feel most comfortable if like my stuff just like, like did fine on its own, which it does to a certain extent. But I am ultimately like trying to, I guess it's the hustle of like trying to grow and, you know, believing in what you're doing, but not knowing the right way and not knowing the answer and also not wanting to exploit your relationships with people. And I don't feel like I'm doing that, but at the same time... Yeah, you're not doing it, but you can feel concerned about it. Yeah, yeah, If anything, I think that's a showcase of your like hyper empathy you're so worried that for a moment you could be like inconveniencing someone or misrepresenting yourself that the moment that there's even a spark of that you know palpitations heart attack oh my god yeah yeah it's it it really is just a function of like knowing i need to play the game Mm. uh and and just not being comfortable doing that i know not everybody like just goes viral when they first start and it like works out for them i know that some people have to like just dig in and try and like make it make it happen for themselves and i'm trying to do that but I'm not comfortable with the identity of that. Right. The process yeah, is yeah. a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Do you find that that same insecurity manifests in areas outside of your creative output? Or is your creative output just like such a microcosm of intensity and emotion that it happens like constantly there? I think that it happens similarly from different causes. Like um, at work, if I don't feel like things are going well for like a long enough period of time, then I will start to feel like that. Like I'll start to Mm, feel like an imposter. I'll start to feel undeserving because uh, what I didn't get at is that like when I am putting myself out there with promoting my stuff, I'm like, well, maybe it isn't that good. Maybe it is unworthy. Right. I mean, you're talking about the practical version of validation, right? Like if somebody validates, they're validating that that wasn't a mistake. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so, and so, yeah, I'm generally, um, you know, I used to be someone who was like very externally validated and I basically couldn't do anything without anyone's approval. And I think that now I'm a lot more internally validated, but I still have that monitor of external validation where if enough time goes by without the like external validation that I hope to gain um, either through work stuff or through creative stuff, then I start to challenge my initial assumptions. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe this thing isn't going well at work or maybe this content isn't that good. Or, you know, in dating and stuff, it happens as well where I'm like, oh, well, uh, you know, I think that I'm like a nice person and I think that I'm like deserving of something. But if if things aren't going well, sometimes I go, oh, well, maybe you aren't who you think you are. Maybe you aren't deserving of this. And I don't think it's healthy to have those thoughts, but I do have those thoughts. And I think ultimately I'm working on pushing through that and, and making sure as long as I'm true to myself, it's going to be fine. Can I challenge you on that? Yes. Can I very sad boys brand challenge you on that? Um, I don't know if I agree that it's bad to have those thoughts, but I think you're teetering on on the same perspective as me, which is, yeah, have the thought and then process it healthily. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because avoiding that kind of insecurity, I think, is what can lead uh, certain, not only creative types, but people in general to become kind of self-absorbed because yeah, you're, yeah. you don't need validation externally because everything you do is amazing. Yeah. And how could I make any mistakes? You become the Logan Paul. That's exactly right. I don't... Who's that? Has he done something recently that maybe uh, people are a little peeved about? Yeah, no, I can't even imagine. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we talk about 2018. But, um, like... 
I think it's completely healthy, if not especially healthy, to identify that insecurity in yourself. Yeah. And then the hard part or, or like the art is dealing with it. Yeah. Is processing it. I think I only ever admire people who don't have that monitor to to the, to the point of fault where I'm like morbidly I wish like when I see Kanye West or something or like you know your Logan and Jake Paul's the world as you often do you'll be hanging at Yeezy's house yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Jake Paul will be there <laughs> Paul will be there staring at him <laughs> yeah but it's like I um I almost admire the sheer force of like will and self confidence mm. that they have even though I know that it's like to a degree that is now harmful it's like crossed over into being an unhelpful degree i sometimes lack that self-confidence like when i'm at my low points i'm like yeah. man it must be nice to be completely <laughs> yeah. to not give a flying fuck about other people's opinions um See, i'm so curious about that because i think it's like a two-sided sword right no, it absolutely you no know, and i think we're totally in alignment with that but but the thing that sticks out to me is like hey yeah Maybe Kanye and Logan Paul and Jake Paul and that whole rabble. I, I, I will say uh, Kanye and Logan Paul, I do not mean to draw an equivalency between those <laughs> sure. two people. But in like, this particular arena. In this particular, of, of this is what happens when you have an extreme amount of confidence and no one sure. checking you. So like, I mean, to me, it's almost synonymous to describe somebody as having an infinite amount of confidence, at least in like these kind of discussions, as right. it would be to say that somebody just has a lack of empathy yeah, <laughs> or yeah, like yeah. self critiquing yeah like the idea that somebody else could dislike what you're doing or right. you being insecure about something is not inherently negative and to lack that i guess does have the benefit of not questioning yeah, what you put but at out. what cost right you put at the cost of being able to engage with human beings yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it, it totally is and it's a grass is greener type situation sure. where i'm like so many things are going well for me that i wouldn't change much but in that position when I'm like feeling really down, I'm like, oh, it must be nice. It only highlights the yeah, yeah. yeah. It only highlights what I it only highlights what I'm missing or what I'm still working on. But yeah, my 2018 uh, ultimately is positive. We are officially five days deep into 2018. Yes, and I, you know, I talked about in the last episode. Uh, we were talking about cleaning house, and mm-hmm. that's something that I've been trying to practice a lot actually. Great. And, and I uh, have been literally cleaning my house, and I have gotten some new things to make my apartment homey. And I'm really excited this weekend about installing them and my place is already feeling like more mine what did you get to make it homey um just like a little like floating shelf for my my room some pillows for my couches some like throws a new bedding for my that's so wholesome yeah it is it is uh i i've been talking to jordan about getting some fake plants i have some some real plants shout out to listener uh maya there's two of you you have no idea which one this is (laughs) but you're my favorite but you're my favorite (laughs) uh i came over and brought me sunflowers which are like sitting in my my living room okay i think the maya might know which one it is now Uh, no they have no (laughs) idea both bought me one sunflower yeah i i texted one and i was like bring a sunflower can't explain why <laughs> that's just made the whole place look nice on the flip side my apartment is covered in shipping boxes so i need to get rid of those in order for it to like ultimately look nice i am convinced that the reason that amazon has that logo that looks like a smiley face is yeah. because they want to engender as much positivity as possible while the boxes sit in your home oh my god i have uh four amazon boxes downstairs right now i would pay so much money for and i know that this is a thing that does actually exist but it like is too too expensive to just say, hey, I've got a bunch of Amazon boxes. We all know you can just recycle those. My trash room is a hot mess right now. Could you just come 
Like Uber for recycling. Just come and live with me. And Can you take just my come and take away? these things away? Because it would make both of our lives better. It would make the, <laughs> yeah. make I the feel world like better. if we could find some kind of way to consolidate Amazon boxes, specifically Amazon boxes, right. just some way to do something, I feel like we could solve a disease of some kind. Yes. <laughs> like the power we have over the number of Amazon boxes we've owned throughout our lives feels like such a waste, right? Yeah. We should. You know what we should have done? What should we have done? We should have built a fort, Jarvis. <laughs> a fort out of the Amazon boxes. <laughs> We've had all the pieces. That's, you know, you're right. That, that, I tell you what, all these Amazon boxes that I throw away are going to be a priceless commodity in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> it's true. You're going to wear armor with Amazon boxes. You've got one on your head. A lot of people don't know that the Amazon boxes are radiation proof. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Like, who knew? It's one of their benefits. The yeah. smiley face side bounces if the you, If you have Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you get that greatest showman uh, commercial on the box, yeah, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you just like casually order from Amazon, you're gonna <laughs> pay, and pay the shipping fee. Bye bye, bye bye. It's over for you. Get out of my way! I've got to catch that train, uh, Carolyn. Carolyn, don't go. Angelo, is that you? I, I couldn't let you leave without just. Tell you something, Carolyn. I I love you. I love you more than the stars in the sky. Wow, Angelo, I'm flattered. Please, you can't leave without telling me how I can stay in touch with you. Can I send you a letter? Send you an email? Well, I'm really just on Twitter. That's great. Tell me your handle. I'll I'll I'll, I'll follow you. You can follow me. Uh, I'll be able yeah, to DM you. It's at Sad Boys Pod. Okay, I'm just gonna write. Sorry, did you say it was at Sad Boys Pod? Yeah, my DMs are open. Right, but it's not it, that's not your account, right? That's like a, the show with the two guys? I we they let me share it because I can't afford a Twitter of my own. Right. You know that Twitter Twitter's free, like you can just make an account, it doesn't cost I any money to I don't have time to, to explain me and look, the train's departing. You literally make it cost no money. You can just you can get it free. You can just get it free. It's a free service. So we're 5 days into 2018 and I thought it would be fun if we did some predictions. Yeah. So here's how it's going to work. Uh, we're each going to do a good and a bad prediction. Yes, and for, they're for both going to be right. And they're both going to be correct. <laughs> Let's not fuck around. We were thinking about doing a review at the end of the year. We don't need to. We yeah, know yeah, they're going to happen. We're just going to get it right the first time. This is a new show now. Yeah. Well, now, we should mention, we don't know what the other person's good and bad thing are. Yes, that's true. I have no idea what you're going to say. Uh, we just decided to pick... These things. A, a, a good and bad thing. We also have no idea what the stakes are. No like idea. One of us could make like. One could be like about nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. The other could be about Beanie Babies. The other could be either of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely low stakes. No, but I think we'll bullshit. be good. I think we'll be on a uh, even footing in terms of. Uh, in terms of stakes. Yeah, I think this is a fun cadence to set up. I like the idea of us attempting uh, without uh, Renaissance man brains, because, of course, we know about everything. Okay. Uh, right. Sorry, correction. I know about everything. There we um, go. There to we go. try and predict the events of the year. And right now, Jarvis, feeling pretty good about mine. How about we kick it off with the good? Yeah, let's kick it off with the good. Are you ready? You look raring to go. You're ready to open. fucking go, young man. All right. Good prediction. For Good 2018. For 2018. Marvel's Black Panther will be universally beloved and will do for African culture in Western movie scenes what Wonder Woman did for feminist empowerment in movie scenes in the West. Wow. I want that so bad. Wouldn't that just be the best? I, oh <laughs> we my should God. maybe reframe this not good and bad optimistic and pessimistic <laughs> no but like i really do want that because honestly like the black community is extremely excited about black panther yeah I, like black twitter is like where rad. can i pre-order black 
Panther tickets. You know, bizarrely, I didn't process that until I saw it in action. Like, I didn't think... So when when Wonder Woman was initially announced and the casting was going so well and it yeah, attached yeah. an interesting female director, it was, like, in a very exciting project. And I saw it, like, day one. I was like, yes, this is an important thing that's happening. And it will clearly have an impact on the superhero genre. And, yeah, like, Hollywood has their head in their ass about, like, female directors. Like, I, I, Hollywood is very male-dominated. This is, like, not to news. a ludicrous degree. The, yeah. the number of, like female directors on blockbusters is like criminally low yeah to the uh i want to say 89 academy awards that we're into now there is a single best picture uh winner female director winner in the 89 years and that's catherine bigelow for uh yeah yeah and in in what made me so happy like you you wanted wonder woman to be good because you know that the people who are judging these things superficially mm. if it didn't go that they're going to be like to be good. well that's what happens as i told you the whole time that's what happens when you have characteristic about person that i don't like or <laughs> characteristic about what a person i don't think is worthy and now i've confirmed my bias and i was like <laughs> no fuck you because <laughs> the fact that wonder woman was like okay uh 90% of everything is crap like i think we can we we can agree that like there's just a lot of bad things out there wonder woman was like a breath of fresh air uh gal gadot was is is, is a, at like, this point a national treasure com- of, of two nations comedically good casting <laughs> like yes. to not only perfect for the role not only so good for the role that she elevates a cast of other characters in justice league that are atrocious. Like, yeah, she's yeah. so good that it distracts you from an otherwise terrible movie. And, but she also yes. is just the best. <laughs> like, she, yeah, she's Independent just the best. of the movie. <laughs> and, and Patty Jenkins' like direction was awesome. And so the fact that things just like worked out, I was like, yeah, I was just like middle fingers to Hollywood. Um, yeah. And, and, and also a middle finger... Uh, and then on my other hand, like a forty-five, uh, sorry, a seventy-five degree angle thumbs up. I was just like, eh, you fucked up mostly, but this was pretty good, Hollywood. Step oh, in the oh, right yeah, direction, yeah, yeah. my friends. Yeah, it's like you did allow this to happen, so it's like. It's like your dog that keeps pissing on the rug, but it, like, catches the <laughs> tennis ball. You, you have a dog that pisses in the toilet, and you're like, well... I, I don't want you to piss in the toilet, but that <laughs> yeah. was kind of neat. I, uh, yeah, yeah. It sucks that this is, like, the only female-led uh, blockbuster of the, the year. Yeah. But it's neat that there's a female-led blockbuster of the year. Right, right. And it's like, what I, what I hope will happen is that you can kind of break this trend in Hollywood and now have more opportunities and more... The problem with a small sample size and, like, confirmation bias is that, like, any one person is now carrying the entire weight yeah. of of their of their background. Well, whilst also trying to make a piece of art that wasn't yeah. easy to begin with. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, that's already hard. Like, we have so many examples of these $200 million... Like, Suicide Squad is a great example. It's, like, I cannot tell you how much money went into Suicide Squad. All in all, between budget and advertising oh and everything it's got to be in surplus of 300 million absolutely yeah no question and especially it, from the dc powerhouses they're putting a lot of money into that and in the it's like anything can go bad and what 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 pains me is that when it's like in a male dominated like organization 
it's just like ah, oh, it's just how it is. But then when when you have a a director that's like we also have a lot of uh, like Ryan Coogler is the director of Black Panther, and mm-hmm. like there are very few black directors. And like when when a black director does a bad thing, it's like well, that's why we don't let black directors direct movies. And it's like what <laughs> and the this, fuck are you talking about? This you is ma- plenty of evidence for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you let Green Lantern happen, you let Suicide Squad happen. Like this is not. What what upsets me is that just people are idiots and like they will take these very superficial stimuli and run away with it as if it's some like gospel. Sure. And I and I'm just so proud of Wonder Woman because it said fuck you to the Hollywood patriarchy and it just did its own thing and it was great and it worked out and hopefully that just opens up more opportunities for more uh, female directors. And you know another thing that's really nice about Wonder Woman is that as somebody that's a little too personally pernickety about filmmaking, particularly uh, structure, I get very fussy about structure. Wonder Woman, with the exception of eh, not the most interesting third act, it's a little. I like literally can't remember anything about it. I just yeah, remember yeah, yeah. the first two acts; they're very yeah. compelling, especially the uh, storming the trenches and saving the, yeah. the small Normandy town, that kind of stuff. Totally. Very compelling. Yeah. Um, it, Wonder Woman is not only a good movie amongst its contemporaries; it's amongst the best movies in that subgenre. Yes, which is like you know. You could have made a serviceable movie. You could have made something that was pretty good, basically just a carbon copy of a proven formula with a new aesthetic. Yes. And then we could have, uh, you could have won all the, all the points, all the diversity points, and that would have been fine for, for, for DC. They would have gotten ahead of Marvel and people would have loved them. But they also made like a genuinely insightful story about the nature of war and the nature of masculinity as it serves war. That's like a hard thing to do. Yeah. Independent of doing it under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and, I feel much in the same way about Black Panther because Ryan Coogler came off Creed. Yeah. And Creed was great. <laughs> Creed, again, Creed, wow, could you set yourself up for more failure? Yes. Hey, I'm making this like pseudo sequel to a series of movies directed by a completely different set of people, exclusively produced by white people. And much beloved in that community. Like now you're adding <laughs> yeah. to the Rocky universe where it's like, uh, have you met a Rocky fan? <laughs> they all look like yeah. Rocky. I made fan fiction so good that people like it more than most of the original movies. Like Creed is two Rocky fans considered like maybe of the top three. Yeah, and it's just like I am so happy about that. Yeah, and I'm so proud of Michael B. Jordan who is in Creed and I'm so proud of Chadwick Boseman who's going to be Black Panther and and Ryan Coogler. And it's so, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you chose this because I am equally as optimistic and hopeful because it's just one of those things where you can just kind of punch down the the expectations and the stereotypes and you can just like make a really, really positive impact on a very toxic Hollywood environment. And I want to reach out to, although they've probably certainly stopped listening at this point, I want to reach out to uh, those that actively fight, whether it be via social media or just uh, their political preferences, that fight against the idea that all things should be represented in Hollywood. Because in a small way, a very small way, I understand where the hesitation comes from. I understand where the hesitation comes from in the idea that all art should represent everyone. Because instinctually, a lot of people that don't necessarily have a diverse background or an inclusive background might think to themselves like, hey, it's just art. Just enjoy it for what it is. Just engage with the characters and the story. And the and to be totally honest, there's been points in my life where even as a person of colour, I've thought, yeah, sure, why not? Like, you know, I'm like 
14, 15. Yeah, right. art's just art. Just watch the show and imagine that the character's black, whatever. Imagine that the character's a woman. Imagine that the character is of a uh, non-assigned uh, gender. You know, just imagine these things. Pretend. Why not? It's all made up. And then as I got older and as uh, the, the major Hollywood machine started showcasing art that I could relate to, yeah, I realized what relating to movies was. Yeah, it was like, oh, you guys <laughs> had this the whole time. You got this feeling with everything. Like we had to get really good at relating to white protagonists. So <laughs> before it, we could like move on, and, and then like it's like people get mad at John Boyega, you know, for for being in Star Wars, and it's yeah. like, hold on, it, it's crazy because the, the passion that I feel on like this very uh, instinctual level, right, and we. Should point out filmmaking and like art in general is not only about the text if you take the, the 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 literal text of a book or you take the literal shots and dialogue and casting yeah. of of a movie and you just present it and you write it down in like an excel spreadsheet yeah that is not the same as experiencing the art as intended exactly so when you cast certain roles in certain ways you are in the same way that if you do a extreme close-up shot the connotations are different than a wide angle shot right when you cast john boyega instead of just casting i don't know ansel elgore yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know why he's my go-to white performance yeah and it's i like, love you I, ansel elgore i don't mind ansel elgore at all <laughs> come on but, the show yeah, but yeah. it means so much more in uh, in an intuitive way and to fight back against that like oh come on just imagine it's you know who cares it's all art let the creators do what they want is missing the point yeah because the point is that you're infusing your artwork with something more insightful and more fundamentally powerful than what you wrote or what you directed and the same goes for kelly marie tran who regardless of your specific background does showcase asian uh, representation in star wars which is something we haven't really gotten to engage with before yeah it's like there's a fandom around john cho because John Cho, like, cannot for like that man. Have you seen John Cho? He should be a Hollywood leading man. Yeah, he's made of marble. He's made of oh God. I just want to look at him right now. And, <laughs> and the fact that like, I think he's actually lead in a a indie movie that I haven't seen, so I, I can't quite remember the name of it. But there's just so little of this representation, and representation is so important. It is the name of the game. And it's, it, that's the thing, though, because it's hard to articulate why it matters. And I think that's why so much of the discourse has fallen away when it comes to, like, oh, hey, don't rag on, don't go all this feminist propaganda with Wonder Woman. No, it's not just about representing feminism. Just, and it should be. One of the most important uh, developing facets of Wonder Woman as a character is that she was conceived as a representation of feminist values. But also, it just means a lot for yeah. little five-year-old girls to go to the cinema and see them instead of the dude the one dude they've been seeing the entire time it's also so it's so immature when people have that backlash with wonder woman because they there's a double standard like it's not fair to say oh it's like what like another black male protagonist yeah it's the tricky thing is and this is like uh uh, we should move on because we've talked about wonder woman quite extensively but it's because we're both quite passionate about that i'm sure we could get a whole other discussion going but One of the things that I struggle with when it comes to evaluation of art, not only movies, though it's very common with movies, it's more common with video games, my other deepest love, and this is why it's such a point of pain, is that art is not a zero-sum game. Yes. When you include something else, you are not by necessity eliminating what came before. Yes. That 
is how a baby thinks. That is a lack of object permanence. That yeah, yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. well, if Wonder Woman's here, you're taking away my video game. No, <laughs> yeah. no, it's fine for multiple things to exist in a space and to serve multiple audiences. And it's completely okay for uh, a, a straight white male to enjoy Wonder Woman. That is not like, <laughs> uh, you're not committing to a different kind of art. Yeah, and now you yeah. can't go back and watch Die Hard. Everything is valid. And the philosophy that wants to eliminate anything that doesn't align with a pre-established understanding of what art, particularly movies, should be right. is just nuts. Yeah, and that's why, like uh, as, as we mentioned, I personally didn't quite expect this level of response from Black Panther. Yes. I was excited about it because I'm a bit of a Marvel fanboy, a bit of yeah, a superhero yeah. movie fanboy in general, and I was pumped to see the next iteration, particularly one with uh, interesting casting, a lot of very exciting people involved. Yeah, it takes place in a fictional nation in Africa. There's exactly, that. this is all yeah. stuff. And I sort of connected with it. I was like, oh, cool. Like A lot of uh, uh, African icono- iconography was a big part of my childhood. Like yes. I owned a lot of things uh, from my mother and my father that just had that aesthetic. Yeah, it's like, like, uh, for context, Jordan is half Kenyan, and that's an important part of your identity. Yeah, my dad is is Kenyan, uh, and he has, over the years, given me several things with that kind of of visual iconography. And my mum, too, she she helped me embrace that when I was younger. So as a result, I was excited. I was like, oh, cool, that's the thing I recognize. Neato. That's like a a prince garb. Wow, neat. And then suddenly... uh, in San Francisco, met all these people that were really jazzed about it. Not all people necessarily from African, direct African backgrounds, right, say, right. but African-American backgrounds too, yes. where it's just like, oh my god, my ancestors are being identified in the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. This is so exciting. And that, that, that matters. Yeah. Our point is that that does not serve as some niche subculture Absolutely. that is as impactful and as important as anything else. Absolutely. I'm glad we talked so much about that, Jordan, because my good thing <gasps> has far lower stakes. Black the- Panther is going to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Well, no, that's not the positive. What if I took that as a positive thing? <laughs> yeah, thank God, finally. Finally. Um, but my positive, optimistic prediction of 2018 is that much in the way that we had Gangnam Style in 2013, okay, and we had Despacito in 2017, I expect a viral cross-cultural music sensation. The biggest yet? I don't know that it'll be the biggest yet. Because you've just named the two biggest in, in, in succession. Right, but I think there's a lot of time between those. Yeah. And I think that this, I hope... I hope that in 2018, we see something from cultures that... This is optimistic, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope we see some representation. I guess it is kind of on the, the vein of representation, but I, we see some musical representation from a culture that we have not yet seen in America in the, the limelight. I would love that. Yeah, it would just be cool to see something from, from another country. Like I'm thinking about traditionally how hard it is for musicians from non-american backgrounds to break in america yeah it's like you've got uh like tattoo like all the things she said all the things she said running through my head running through my head they, they, they're russian i believe mm-hmm. um and then you have like uh utara hikaru who who like she had the theme song of kingdom hearts 
uh, simply. I did clean. not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. And 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 that was like huge. But she released two English language albums, and she was like on TRL. And her first English language album was produced by Timbaland. Wow. And she was always working with producers like Dark Child and people who were working with TLC and like these other big R and B producers. And her music is essentially R and B from the nineties except in Japanese. And then when she crossed over, it just didn't click. And then we had Enrique Iglesias, who, and I think Spanish is like a very accessible language for American culture. And then we have like a lot of Spanish language stuff that ends up crossing over. But like Enrique, his biggest songs in America were all his English transliterations of his Spanish song. Every English song that was huge for Enrique is better in Spanish and also exists and was also huge in Spanish. It's like, you've got like, I can be your hero, baby. It's like, quiero ser tu héroe. Like, that was like his, like, héroe was like Enrique's like big single in Spanish. And so I think it would be like super freaking rad if, if in 2018 we had uh, just another one of those like things, those musical lightning strikes that remind us that our culture is not the only one around. Yeah. I, I mean, and there couldn't be a better time for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if To be totally honest, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Wonder Woman and Black Panther are connecting with people so much. Yes. Is that they do represent something on a cross-cultural level. Yeah. Pretty subtle. Like, it's not, it's not heavily implied, but Gal Gadot is not an American actress. Yeah. And that matters. Yeah. And, like, uh, uh, weirdly, I always fought for this idea. A lot of people disagree with me. I think Gangnam Style is a really important cultural artifact. I, I agree. And I like my one my worry with Gangnam style is that the reason that we were so attracted to it is not because of the commentary that it was making, very similar to like Despacito, which obviously is, has a much shallower message. <laughs> um but Gangnam style was like a societal critique yeah. a uh on, on, on like class and culture in South Korea. Welcome to Gangnam Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like <laughs> I, what's weird is that we do nerd about, out about this stuff. Yeah, this is the, I mean, there's a separate, less appealing podcast, which we get into quite frequently, where we're just talking about, like, the nuances of YouTube videos. That's true. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, so I think that the importance of Gangnam Style as a popular song in Korea is very different than the influence of Gangnam Style as a popular song in America. Sure. And I ultimately worry that in America we're like, huh, isn't that cool? Like, I don't know any of those words. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, there is a certain danger to... Uh, despite the fact that it can be impactful to have a successful Korean song on the radio in the States. Right. Uh, the motivation is important. And yeah. sometimes, in particularly in the case of, of, uh, uh, of Gangnam Style, the motivation was, unfortunately, the, fe- the fetishization of Eastern weirdness. Yes. That was a big motivation. And in, in that kind of goes back to <laughs> Logan Paul, which we kind of did talk <laughs> about. Um, <laughs> well, I... And- and maybe this that might, might be, be a, a perfect segue. A segue. <laughs> yeah, so let me just first say that, yeah. like, uh, I, I only know that it's a segue because you alluded to it. <laughs> but let me just say that the Logan Paul thing, and similar to the Psy thing, is, like, the fetishization of Asian weirdness is just being propagated by how it's being covered. Like, or in Logan Paul's case, it's the fact that he, like, went to Japan and then was just like, Asians are we East Asians are weird, right? The entire right? basis of his content. Let me just confirm that with selective editing. Mm. Let me throw Pokeballs at human beings. <sighs> 
fuck. It, I, you know this about me. Yes. I am, uh, to a fault even, strangely uh, uh, tolerant of garbage content. Like, I oh, like yeah. I like that it exists from a sociological point of view. I like that Logan Paul, for anybody that doesn't know, Logan Paul's a huge YouTuber on the up and up, uh, along with his brother Jake Paul that makes vlogs predominantly. Yeah, essentially and two recently- Vine stars who, out of high school, they dropped out of high school to move to LA to become uh, internet sensations. They became huge on YouTube, and they are currently two of the biggest current creators on YouTube. Yeah, today. and the most dangerous thing about their aesthetic, I guess, their tone, is that, hey, we're just two good-looking white guys and consequence doesn't matter. Like, Jake Paul's big thing was having the Team 10 house, as he phrased it. Yeah. Uh, which is a, a collective of his friends that all live together in Beverly Hills, I believe. Yeah. That purchased a house and just fucked it up just fucked it up and made a ton of noise screwed with all the people around them like they live you know it's, it's semi-detached it's not that yeah, far from other people it's like they, they live in a neighborhood and, yeah and then they were just like oh let's just destroy everything i'm gonna and, burn some furniture in our empty pool yeah it, it's it's what happens honestly when you give children millions of dollars it's exactly that it's like yeah. let me play with the elements yeah well normally like my parents would tell me no mm. but because i have more money than my parents and more power and i'm independent <laughs> and, and i sold them <laughs> and because my uh my telephone at age 14 made it so that i don't have to worry about the world anymore <laughs> like we literally have people who at like age 15 became so big on the internet that they could retire today and for the next 50 years of their lives do nothing yeah because why would you need to because why would you need to and that is ultimately destructive if left unchecked i feel like this might be our angriest episode uh, <laughs> and i love it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no. i feel genuinely fired up and i want to i want to segue because my my pessimistic yes yeah, so let's go to the pessimistic we're talking about negativity let's let's tie this up <sighs> let me just find myself up in an angry way yes. what are things that i hate yes Ooh, um, uh, bad mustard uh, 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 doing too many push-ups. Uh, remakes. Remakes of movies that don't need them. Death Note 2017, it was not a necessary adaptation. All right, you're successfully fired up. My opt... <laughs> oh, God, he's crying. My, my pessimistic guess for 2018 is that we will see something okay. worse in 2018 oh, no. than Logan Paul's Japan suicide forest trip. No! Yes. Dude, I... Oh, no. I think we are... The reason... So, for, we should give it a little bit of context. Yes. This Logan Paul man that we've mentioned... Man is a, maybe a charitable term. This, 22 this Logan old. Paul garbage can of a man... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ...went on a trip to Japan recently. Famous blogger goes on a trip to Japan and produces a series of... Not to beat around the bush, offensive videos. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. People call him a kid... Uh, but you're the same age as him. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like... We're the it, same age as Logan like, Paul. What's freaking weird about it is that we are so willing to be like, ah, kids will be kids, boys will be boys. Oh, they just want to like completely disrespect the culture. They just want to completely throw all cultural norms to the wayside. Or the fact that by merely traveling to another country, you were a visitor in that country and should therefore be respectful no, to no, the no, norms no. and customs of that country. Jarvis, you don't understand. Oh, okay. Have you seen his subscribers? 
Oh, yeah, no, he does have... Oh, he has 16 million of them, I see. You, you need not pay respect to other cultures when you have children that have subscribed to you. I understand. Oh, no, 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 it's 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 15 million eight-year-olds. I, yeah. I, I see, I see. And it is some book wild shit. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So not only was like- his content, you know, just functionally offensive, like a lot of content, like you said, of running around throwing pokeballs at people. Okay, so he... Just to add some more color to this, he walked around the streets of Tokyo... And he threw Japan. Pokeballs at cars. He threw them at random people. He threw them at police officers. And he just yelled in an offensive tongue. Like, that's not even, like, relevant. Yeah. I, well, I should mention, so, so the thing we're specifically talking about, when I reference the idea that there's going to be something even worse than, we're talking about one specific video, which most people listening have probably already heard about, which was a video where Logan Paul went to a famous, not tourist spot, it's the just Aokigahara. well Sorry? So it's the Aokigahara Forest. Okay. I'm not even going to try, but yeah, yes, I believe Mojave that's the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is a, a, a notoriously a suicide forest. It yeah. is where people miserably go to commit suicide. The most dour, miserable, inappropriate for YouTube content kind of place you and, could go. And it is something that, like, in Japanese culture, I've, I've only learned about this through the the backlash from this, which is maybe the one shining like light. Yeah, in this, that's is true. That it can raise awareness for this, but um, it's something where the, and for suicide prevention in general, there's been a suicide, huge outpouring of support for suicide. Yeah, 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 but not nice. by like not through Logan Paul, but sure. through like everyone who's <laughs> trying to f- damage control over his mess. I feel like we're having to cover this like child's mess, a child that I never sired. <laughs> this yeah, is not my boy. We never I signed don't... up to parent this child. And the context of this forest is like well known within the community. There are signs. Signs that, that that help that urge people not to like commit suicide and yeah, this is not like a tourist attraction. It's not, and it's like it's a thing that you need a guide to, and it's like and people only offer the ability to tour it to those who intend to be respectful to the grounds. It is something that yeah. is currently a thing. It's not like a oh we used to do this in the old days. Which which brings me back to like why I think it's going to get so much worse now. Don't get me wrong. This is like a fucking abhorrent situation. It's as bad as you can go based on our current understanding of YouTube. But to me, uh, for a lot of people, people are saying like, oh, we've hit a point. We've hit the cap. There's no way that anybody can do anything worse. Uh, If shock value is as important a value to most vloggers as I think it is, people will be willing to go further. Because there weren't consequences for this event. Zero. Severe enough. Like, like the only thing is that, like, Logan Paul did an apology, and he just continued to gain m- more subscribers than he was gaining before. But to clarify, the dude found... Oh, my God, it's so fucking sad. The dude found a dead body. Yes. He found a dead body in the forest and made a... Uh, like, you know that weird affectation that vloggers take on when they're on camera where it's like, hey, what's up, guys? What's going on? Welcome to the Bingle Dang! You know, like yeah, that bullshit. Yeah, it's known as, like, the, the YouTube, like, excitement. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the neo-surrealism that only comes out of, of vlogs. Exactly, exactly. He applies to finding a fucking dead body it's in the forest. disgusting. Which is, mm, that's what a psychopath is. <laughs> Somebody yeah, yeah, that yeah. is, like, unfazed he by is, this crazy he shit. Is someone who's been trained that views matter more than anything else. And as long as he gets the views, he faces no consequences. Yes. And th- this all brings me around to my ultra-pessimistic point. The reason I believe there's going to be something worse is because I personally don't believe that the Suicide Forest video was the most harmful thing he put out from Japan. The Suicide Forest video is miserable. 
and it's psychopathic and it's terrifying, but it has at the very least had this lightly positive, maybe even net positive impact where there's been a ton of money donated to yeah, uh, yeah, suicide yeah. prevention and there's been far more awareness and maybe people, uh, you know, it's entirely likely that many of the kids that follow Logan, Logan Paul that heard the drama found out that suicide prevention hotlines were a thing. Many yeah. of them may not have known that. Your point is that this was bad, but... It was so objectively bad and so easily classifiably bad mm-hmm. that he he could be called out for it. But because we live in this culture where as long as after you do a bad thing, you do a worse thing, we forget about the first bad thing you did. Yeah. He, we are not talking about the times where, you know, Logan Paul was throwing Pokeballs at Japanese the- people <laughs> and making, uh, it, like, it's and, crazy. And making, racist accents and just running around disrupting people. And dressing up in a fucking, like, kimono. kimono See, this is the shit that worries me. This is the reason that I say that there is a far more dangerous series of videos, potentially from Logan, potentially from Jake, potentially from other contemporaries, uh, on the horizon for 2018, because the Suicide Forest video, kind of hard to emulate. It's kind of hard to go there. It's kind of hard to find a dead body. It's kind of hard to deal with the backlash. But you know what's not hard and requires basically no travel? Yeah. Xenophobia. <laughs> Being a tactless racist is something you could do pretty much anywhere. And yeah. the scariest content that that motherfucker put out was not, I'm going to go to a suicide forest, as miserable as that was and as indicative of his psychopathy as that was. Right. The thing that scared me the most as somebody that has experience, and I'm sure you have as well, casual and pretty active racism. Yeah. Was this like, you went to Japan and did unacceptable shit, but it's okay because you're famous, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's fine because you have some subscribers. If I went to Japan and started making references to like, oh, pocket monster, ha ha ha, throw the pokeball, uh, uh, konnichiwa, I would get shot in the face. Like, it would be the worst thing I could do. This is actually like, like all of your- I should be shot in the face. All of your fake disrespectful examples- are more homework than <laughs> what Paul actually did. Yeah. Well, the, the, my worry is is that that is not hard to do. And that's why I'm convinced that uh, we, we can count for, I'm sure of all the Japanese videos that he did, uh, all the videos in Japan, uh, that one got the most traction, right? That's the drama video, and then it got deleted. Yeah. Whereas... We are discounting the no doubt millions of views yeah. that the other incredibly offensive videos got, and all the eight year olds went like, huh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Like, that is going to happen, and it's going to be devastating, and it's going to really negatively impact the next wave of vloggers. That's the shit that worries me, and that's the shit that tells me that 2018 is going to have the worst YouTube video we have ever seen with uh, popular success. I, um,. So I initially wanted to disagree with you, but knowing what I know about the content that Rice Gum and Jake and Logan Paul are putting out, I don't doubt you. I don't doubt you at all. And I don't think, again, it's not like an objectively negative thing. In the same way we were talking about, like, you know, the, the zero-sum game in artwork, it's okay to have bad stuff. Like, it's okay to verbalize terrible right. content and to see it and to challenge it. The thing that scares me is that the people, you and me and, and, and people listening and other people interested in this sphere of criticism, right. we're the minority. Yeah. Not a lot of people are 
<laughs> of fighting that content. Yeah. For every single excellent and incredibly insightful, uh, especially I love the Raina Scully video that came out. Raina Scully's a fantastic creator. I would love Raina Scully. Shout out to be on the show. Oh, Please come man, on the can dream we get guest. Raina Scully. Number one dream guest. Uh, uh, she's great. And I was like a fan of hers before that, I was a sub. Like I, I enjoy her content. You're a Reina hipster. <laughs> I, I am. She she used to do stuff for uh, SourceFed yeah. with like Philip DeFranco and all those folks. But um, Reina, shout out, come on the show. Oh, gotta get Reina. But like for show. all the value that videos like that had, hers in particular had a ton of uh, cultural insight because she's Japanese American. There is all this damage. Yeah. That nobody is acknowledging, nor could anyone acknowledge, right. from all the terrible videos that all these kids are watching. It's like, I mean, to be honest, like, not to make this political for any extended period of time, but like, it's like Trump. It's like, where do you start? There's so much bad. Like, where do you, like, at what point do you draw the line to discuss? And, and that is partially the strategy. Like, you just continue being badder and badder, and because there are no structures to keep you in check, you kind of just get off without a hitch, because we don't talk about all the stuff that was, like, a 9. We only talk about <laughs> the, the stuff that's, like, a 10, and then you make an 11, and then we only talk about the 11. Yeah, well, then when all of a sudden, when 9s become the status quo, <laughs> what do I deviate from? And then, and then now we can't just... Yeah, we, now it's hard for us to tell right from wrong, because we're just so used to dealing with, like, the worst possible thing. Well, we're he, desensitized. He shot an adult in the face well at least it wasn't a child moving on with my day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's like i read my push notifications from the news in the morning and i go i mean yeah i guess so <laughs> that's the most buckwild shit i've ever heard in my life but it isn't the most buckwild shit i'm going to hear tomorrow yeah <laughs> so no, all it's, good. It, exactly it's like well i mean i guess this is in line with what i've been conditioned to expect <laughs> i signed up for this as an american citizen yeah yeah, yeah. so my 2018 prediction uh, that is pessimistic is one that is near and dear to me, but is the stakes are actually much lower than that of yours. Okay, wait, let me turn my my frown is already upside down. Yeah, but I'm gonna kind of push it even lower. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, oh, my it's frown a straight is up really you. upside it's a, down. It's a sans serif you. Yeah. Um, I am a for those who don't know this about me, I'm a big fan of Justin Timberlake. I'm a big fan of In Sync. Uh, I used to do like in sync choreography when I was like a little kid in my like garage. You directed them. I directed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was a, I was a child choreographer. <laughs> I was a young Wade Robson, and that's a joke for only wow. people who know who choreograph in <laughs> sync music videos. What a Because I know, uh, uh, I know. He also choreographed uh, Britney Spears stuff, and then uh, he is supposedly <laughs> the guy who Britney Spears cheated on Justin Timberlake <gasps> with. That um that inspired Crimea River. Oh my God! Uh, uh, welcome to outdated gossip, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I do. I have done a lot of research on this, <laughs> but um, so Justin Timberlake is my boy, and I will always like follow him through thick and thin. <laughs> Justin, you're welcome to come on the show. Yeah, Justin, you're welcome to come on the show. First, Reina, then Justin. <laughs> my worry, in order of importance, my worry in my pessimistic prediction is i'm genuinely worried i have actual goosebumps so justin timberlake announced a new album recently. Okay. it's called man in the woods man of the woods man in the woods all i had heard about the production of the album was from like pharrell and from other people who were like justin he's a talented guy this is the first time he's getting back to his roots from where he's from justin timberlake is from tennessee and Tennessee is, like, well-known for country music and, like, blues. But it is a well-known, like, state and area for music. And so, like, a lot of the stuff I would heard is that this is, like, Justin Timberlake like, getting back uh, to... This is the first thing he's done that's sounded like where he's from. 
and I, I'd been excited. We got a surprise single yesterday. And and we got, you know, we know the album's coming out in like February, I think. And my pessimistic prediction is that, dude, I don't know if it's going to be good. No! I'm <laughs> fucking worried. Dude, I am like so... I So the first single came out, it's called Filthy. Uh-huh. It is... Let me just play it for you. I, I tell you what. I'm going to listen to it on... We'll keep talking, yeah, but I'm yeah, going to yeah. listen to it on my phone. Yeah. And every now and again, I'm going to give a uh, a grunt of misery or a mmm of yeah. approval. Okay. All right. Ooh. Interesting. Mm, not not quite as Tennessee as I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> not sure no. if this is quite getting back to I the roots. I literally, like, the promotion was Man of the Woods, and then it's Justin Timberlake like, half in a suit, half in, like, a... a in a plaid t-shirt and like suspenders and overalls i as somebody that like likes music production as a casual hobby but not is not necessarily very good at it this is a very interesting instrumentation i'm so confused can i tell you about the music video because the music video for this is justin timberlake is presenting at the 2028 uh like malaysian like technology <laughs> summit <laughs> What? <laughs> I agree. Justin. And, and, no, no, the premise for the video is that he goes out and presents like Steve Jobs style, and then he presents like a robot, and in the robots are doing dances. And and sorry, Justin, the video cannot be as good as my mental image. Of the yeah, video. yeah. And, and Justin Timberlake is is off like b- backstage doing the dances for the robot. That's. Ludicrous! <laughs> Why did that happen? I don't understand. This, I a certain part of me respects it. So I'm still listening to the track, and again, yeah, not feeling too optimistic about this. I don't hate it. It's just like not super compelling. Um, but the thing that is sticking out to me is that Justin Timberlake could coast. He yes, could. He of, could. of all he contemporary could. artists, he is probably the best set up with as like a, a storied career as an excellent musician, both as a soloist and as a band member, and then as a career actor. Dude, set up to win. He's he, ha- he's having a great career, and I don't think he's coasting here. And he's not coasting, and that's what's like weirdly impressive about this track. At the same time, um, so the music part I don't like. I agree. The part that is uh, in my ear that yeah. I'm hearing is right. the part that I don't like. Right. Um, I had a similar <laughs> feeling to that today. <laughs> the thing I can get on board with is uh, everything else in the world. <laughs> it's just the part it's that the I part am experiencing. Music? Yes. Like the part that's a song. The part that is a song that I'm hearing, mm, big thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. everything else. Yeah. Oh, something's happening. <laughs> oh. Might this be a bridge? We have ended a bridge that is... Dull. <laughs> I would say is the main. I just. I'm gonna pause it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Justin, so, my friend. I know I want you to be on the podcast, and it, less so than Rayna. Rayla Scully, please come on the podcast. But so here's the thing about this. I do not pretend to be like an expert in music. I know that things can be popular that I don't like. I know that I can like things that aren't popular. I remember when I heard Sexy Back, which is one of like Justin Timberlake's like, it was sort of a career defining single. It was a big single in his career, but it's by no means the biggest. You mean mean specifically when he was uh, bringing Sexy Back to its original position? Right, right, right. Like, because Sexy went away (laughs) for a while in music. Where the, Justin, you're just, 
Yeah. Uh, do you know where sexy happens to be? I left it right here. Do you know oh, where? Oh no, I know. I know exactly where it is. Because you I said will... you were going to look after sexy, and it yeah, doesn't yeah, do yeah, no, it. I'll bring it right back. Okay, great. If yeah, you yeah. can go and get sexy, yeah, very yeah, convenient yeah, yeah. for me. Um. Okay. Here, here I am. Oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> this I'm is bringing very sexy sick. back. Huh? so when i listened to sexy back for the first time i didn't think it was that good and it grew on me and it ultimately is not like where it 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 never fell into like a favorites for me and the album was ultimately not a bunch of sexy backs so i was proven wrong and i actually enjoyed future sex love sounds a lot which was the title of that 2006 album um jesus I know so much about Justin Timberlake. <laughs> if you require any more proof that Jarvis knows is Justin shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I pre-ordered it, and I remember downloading it on iTunes before I went into school that day. Wow. But downloading on iTunes, yeah. I pre- it was a pre-order on iTunes, and then it was thirteen ninety nine. So um, I'm open to being wrong about this. I really don't want to be... I don't want to have an accurate prediction here, but... About Justin Timberlake's new album being a garbage. <laughs> I just, I, I, I don't believe it will be. I think what will happen is that every other single will be good. But you're not ready for that. You Did you like 2020, the last yes. Timberlake album? So this is the thing, right? You're expecting pure gold. Well, 2020, like, is, is not perfect. He released it. There are two parts. There's a lot of music there. The first album was obviously all the best takes. The second album does have the Drake Justin Timberlake feature that I always wanted. <laughs> I should mention that uh, Jarvis has pulled down a slideshow yeah. <laughs> to emphasize and, his points. And uh, Cabaret was fucking gold on 2020 <laughs> Experience Part 2. But um, I am just ultimately worried that this is this may be me distancing myself from one of my favorite, like from my childhood, musicians. And that's a weird spot for me. Yeah. And same goes for me with... <laughs> Logan Paul, <laughs> a man I have loved <laughs> since I he was born and I was already born <laughs> since he was born and I was twenty. <laughs> Young Logan, uh, get your shit together. Seriously, but I think that about does it for twenty eighteen. This is our twenty eighteen uh, time capsule. This is our twenty eighteen time capsule? We'll look at this next year. We'll look at the end of the year and then we'll review the Logan Paul video where he shot a baby in the face. <laughs> we'll be like, "Wow, like, I was wow, right this the whole was, this time. Was worse. <laughs> this was way worse." And, and then, then Justin Timberlake released an album that was just white noise and farts for forty five minutes. Honestly, if the Justin Timberlake album is great, I'm gonna be so happy. Yeah. Uh, you, you set your up, yourself up for a win on that one. I did. Either I did. way, you're good. I'm hope- I really don't like the single, um, <laughs> and that is so rare for me. Yeah, I've I've been like lackadaisical about the singles in some of his past albums that have been like like not a bad thing, mm. and like those songs are great, but they like don't have the texture, they don't have the like depth that I. I don't look for Justin Timberlake for depth, but like musically, there is a lot of directions that he chooses not to go yeah. in, in some of those songs. And I'm like, all right. So if I'm surprised, if every other song is gold on this next album, I am going to be so happy because I want to continue. It's a fun thing for me to be like, I'm just ridiculously a big fan of Justin Timberlake. That's Justin. A great, it's a great character arc for me. Justin. I was going to say, if you're listening, but you are. Uh, Justin, as you listen, come on the show. Uh, Justin, come on the show. Justin, come on the show. Actually, no. All, all jokes aside, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I don't know if this is okay or not. Tweet at Rainer Scully. <laughs> and say, I think we're at like a small enough listenership right now for that to be acceptable. 
please just tweet at Radio Scully and say, please be on Sad Boys and then put like comma paragraph break. I love you and I'm sorry. So you on the, you know, ninth episode of Sad Boys are telling Justin Timberlake, who is now let's not get ahead of ourselves, a listener of the show. Sure. He knows every episode. You're you're telling if not a listener, a super fan. <laughs> you're, you're telling him, our our, our big fan Justin Timberlake, uh-huh. to tweet at a now another fan of the show some instructions. I would die laughing if for whatever reason we were able to reach Justin Timberlake and he tweeted to Rayna Scully. <laughs> that would be the weirdest thing. That has ever happened. <laughs> we <laughs> this funny show loves Crunchyroll and hates my new album. <laughs> Would you be willing to be on this show? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Rain Scully currently works at Crunchyroll. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is the best, and that's why we wanted to be on the show. Shout out to Raina Scully. The homework for this week is two part. Yes, <laughs> part one. <laughs> Tweet at Raina Scully. God damn it. <laughs> Please don't, like, if you see that a lot of people are tweeting it, please don't tweet it at Raina Scully. Do it tastefully. I just, I don't know Raina Scully, and I'd like somebody else to indicate that we would like her on the show. And maybe she'll listen to this episode and we can say how much we love you. Raina Scully, please be on the show. We're in San Francisco. Let's hang out. We're big fans. Creepy. Uh, <laughs> we have met Philip Franco. That's happened. <laughs> we have, so that'll work out. Yeah. Second ask for homework is to send us your predictions. I want uh, optimistic and pessimistic. They don't have to be realistic. That's one thing I want to clarify. They don't have to be things that will definitely happen or even exist within the realm of possibility. I just want to hear what you would love to happen this year. And what you would hate to happen this year. Yeah, like optimistic. I pull a Chris Pratt and star in the next big Marvel movie. Yeah, dude. Uh, pessimistic. I don't. It all ends for me. <laughs> yeah, my, my optimistic is that I get into the movie. My pessimistic is that I don't get into the movie. No, my pessimistic is that the uh, 2018 and 2019 that were here earlier were right. <laughs> no, dude. They won't be coming back. They clearly, they already. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, shit. Ow, fuck. Ow. Oh my god! They're dragging me away! They're dragging- oh my Jarvis! god! No! No! Hi, Jarvis. It's me. What have you done with Jordan? It's 2018. Dear God. And 2019, my voice is different now. Oh, why? How did you. I started smoking <laughs> in between That's the beginning of the bad, podcast. A bad choice for you. Jarvis. Yes. We're gonna kill you if you don't answer one question. Uh, 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 okay, what's the one question? Where can the fans follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook? Um, they can follow us at Sad Boys Pod on both platforms. Are you going to mm, leave me alive? I don't think that's true, Jarvis. They'll have to prove it by liking the show and following it on both platforms. And if they don't, there'll never be another Sad Boys again. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Oh no. Oh god. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. The year of 2018. And 2019. Collectively. Collectively. <laughs> Attack to Jarvis and force you to like and comment. <laughs> yeah, and just remember that you have to leave five stars for an iTunes review. It actually doesn't work if you don't. Uh, we didn't mention iTunes, but I've I've noticed some of your reviews, and I am just over the moon about those. Oh, we've had the sweetest iTunes reviews ever. Yeah, and they're, they're just really nice. And I want to thank the people who have left reviews, and I want to say for the people who haven't left reviews, you were dead to me no just kidding i would love it if you also left a five-star review uh that would be super awesome uh, tell us about your experience with the pod tell us what you want to see more of we are 
trying to build a community here and we're just the train conductors of that community. And so we just want a place on the internet where more of us can talk about our feelings and have a good time. And y'all are the choo-choo trains. You all are the choo-choo If we're trains. the conductors, you're the tank engines, baby. And I want to see more of those Thomases out on the rails. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> 2018. In 2018, let's vow to just chat and hang. If you send us a message, we will read that message and we will reply to that message. Let's go. But yeah, we reply to everything. And, and, and we reply earnestly and with like hopefully a lot of thought to everything. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I've been mostly responding with gifts, but <laughs> are you sending honest replies? I am. <laughs> I'm mostly sending threats, my dude. <laughs> I'm sending mostly letters that I write in ink, my dude. <laughs> oh. I send them with an, with an owl. Outdated media, my dude. <laughs> I'm just trying to say that I care a lot about this, my dude. Thank you so much for listening to Sad Boys. Not really only appreciate it. for this episode but for all the people that have been listening since the day ones. The day ones, we love you. It's a pleasure to do this show, and I hope to do it for the rest of the year and many more. Yes. And Jarvis, I love you. And I'm sorry. Boom.